Dear listeners, this episode is dedicated to all our Pixar fans out there, so if you are not familiar, perhaps you might want to skip it. Or stick around and learn a lot real quick. Uh, Today's guest is one of my closest friends, Hallie. You may have heard previous guests mention her as she is a part of the aforementioned Game Night Squad. I talk to Hallie the most out of all of my friends. Hardly a day goes by where I don't text, Snapchat, or send her something. So a few weeks ago, when Hallie decided to rewatch all of the Pixar movies and rank them, I knew we had to get her on the podcast and discuss her findings. But before we get to that, let's take care of some business. All right, this is our 10th episode. Congrats to you and me. That means we've been at this for 10 weeks. It would have been 11, but there was that one week where I just didn't do anything. So in honor of our 10th episode, I want to get a little silly from here on out. Gone are all the formalities. This is Katie Raw, all right? First and foremost, I'm waging war against the Elvis Duran and the morning show. If you're not familiar, they're a morning radio show on the 104, I think it's 104.1 channel in the southern Wisconsin area. They have video, they have like their thing elsewhere on different channels as well, but that's what it is in Wisconsin. And I don't like them. This podcast will remain firmly anti-Elvis Duran. When they moved to this channel, they replaced my favorite radio radio hosts, Connie and Curtis. Shout out Connie and Curtis. Connie was my first exterior influence in terms of feminism and women's rights, if I remember correctly. Anyway, you guys don't have to hate Elvis Duran in the morning show, but I do. And you, I encourage you to do the same. Um, the only people on their staff who will receive a pardon if, if they su- surrender are Bethany and Froggy. They're the only cool ones. Cool. Okay, so secondly, I'm introducing a new segment. This one won't be with every week, but it's going to act as sort of a call and response where I ask you to send me a voice message, tweet, Snapchat, you know, anything answering the prompt that I propose, and if you impress or entertain me enough with your response, I will play it on air. The inaugural prompts are as following. If you've ever met a mime, I want to hear your story. I've never seen one in real life. I don't know if I'd enjoy them or if I'd passionately hate them. And I want to hear what happened when you encountered one. Lastly, if you have ever had a celebrity encounter... Preferably sexual, but I will take all encounters with a celebrity. I want to hear about it. Any celebrity, any level. We're, we're talking Z to A, baby. Any Anyone on that scale. Even if you think they're not famous, I want to hear about it. Okay, actually, the one guy I'm not going to accept is that one. Is his name Jack Dole? Who it lives in Wisconsin and was a YouTuber, some Reiner, some shit like that. With that said, you know what to do. Follow me. <laughs> I don't know what that sound does with my voice. Anyway, follow me, KT Brisket, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat me, Katie Brissett, number one. The number one. Literally, like, Katie Brissett one. And it's Jack Dale, not Jack Dole. I just fact-checked that. Okay. Um, also, comment. 
rate this podcast five stars. We're up to 13 ratings of five stars. One of those may be mine, but we I want to get that up there to help people find this. And yeah, all right. Let's hop into the episode. Cut the shit. Cut the shit. Everybody help us cut the shit. Join us while we cut the shit. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Um, before we get into the Pixar ranking, I'm going to pitch you some movies. Well, okay. fuck. Okay. I should introduce you more to the Yeah, audience, you really just I? don't care about the intro of me at all. <laughs> it's because I know we have a lot to cover and I want to get to it real quick. We have five movies to cover. Eight. Yeah. Plus my movies that I will be pitching to you. <laughs> okay. Um, I uh, met you through Zoe as we established in the last episode with Zoe. <laughs> yes. But that is not all. Okay. No. So there's a there's a hidden yeah. backstory. So I already mentioned that I would see her in the hallways with Zoe. But what I did not mention is I thought she was gay. <laughs> I don't want it's not an insult, Hallie. I know. Um I said that like you're the most homophobic person I know. <laughs> I was like, I thought you were gay. It's not an insult. <laughs> um she's not. No. <laughs> wink, okay, stop wink. playing with your necklace. They can hear that. Oh, sorry. God, it's... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Is this your first podcast? Because yeah. you're acting like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I literally messaged her and was like, girl, are you gay? Yeah, that was the first thing you said to me. <laughs> and I like, because I already knew who you were. Yeah, it was pretty popular. Yeah, you just kind oh, of were my. like a name. Thank you. I like to consider myself as such. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like I already knew who you were, but that was just like your opening line to me. Hell yeah. I'll still do that. If I think you're gay, I still will message you that. Yeah. And I was like, no. And you were like, oh. <laughs> I thought that was the end of it, to be Riss. honest. <laughs> And then was it the following year you were then in a class with me mm -hmm. and we became closer friends because we sat near each other yeah. and goofed around. And then, you know, the game night squad happened. Yeah. So. Which was our creation. Yeah. Our baby. Mm -hmm. We produced it between we... our love produced it. <laughs> yeah. It, it was our, our love child. child. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history. Flash forward in a hundred years and here we are yeah that was a hundred years ago exactly a hundred years as so the legend goes yeah i'm immortal okay um today's episode a little bit different you know zoe came on we talked harry potter and i don't want to continue to do all these episodes where it's just rankings because you know that's only one little segment of the magic we have going on here ladies and gentlemen and but, you know, Hallie did a special thing with these Pixar movies. She yes, sat down and watched every single fucking one. Mm -hmm. Took her about two or three weeks. It took me two weeks. 
which I did the math and not to brag, but it averages out to like two movies per day. Wow. She had a productive quarantine, motherfuckers. I wasn't in quarantine. Yeah, but technically we're all still in a panorama, baby. So like, (laughs) it still counts. It's not. Yeah, I I wasn't doing much. That's why I said that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What was that laugh? What was that? (laughs) Is that Donna's laugh? That is Donna's laugh. Guys, I have an alter ego. Her name is Donna. Um, This is her. This is how she talks. Hello, I'm Donna. See you at the PTA meeting. (laughs) And that's how she laughs. I just discovered. I like how you had to prepare for it too. You were like, hmm, this my, is Donna's voice. My whole face changed. I had to like <laughs> let my jaw slacken. Yeah. It's Donna. You just I'm an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Hallie watched all of these movies and she ranked them on a each she gave them a number on each category. Of That's like, not how I ranked them though. No, listen on. Okay, sorry. I don't know why I'm so aggressive. You explain what you did. You're the guest. Okay. Um, well, I, I just watched all the Pixar movies and I did like give 10 categories of things like animation and like emotional aspects and stuff like that. And I gave them scores and then I ranked them personally, like my own preferences. And then I compared the like score ranking versus my ranking to see if the score was like accurate interesting <laughs> so yeah we're gonna do that today and i think we should first dif- differentiate what the fuck makes a pixar movie a pixar movie mm-hmm. and not a disney movie now there are some of you turds out there that are gonna say because disney now owns pixar they are technically all disney movies that's bullshit turds yeah you're actually a piece of turd <laughs> would you say espn is now disney Exactly. Would you say Discovery, right? National Geographic, whatever, that's Disney? No, you wouldn't. (laughs) So (laughs) Hallie here is going to break down how she differentiates, what what she thinks makes a Pixar movie a Pixar movie. Um, This was not planned, so she's going (laughs) off the cuff right now. Well, like I said, I feel like emotion is something that everyone, like, associates with Pixar movies. Like, they, like they're either really sad and then they can be really happy stuff like that so that's one of the like most important factors for me and I also when I was like watching the movies and taking notes I don't think you read my notes I read the important ones as in cars cars 2 and cars 3 <laughs> yes <continue. laughs> um I kept talking about like something that I couldn't define about the movies that I called Pixar charm Which was just, like, I don't know how to explain it. Just, like, when you watch a Pixar movie, it's the little things that you're, like, yeah, this feels like a Pixar movie. Or, like, if it's one from your childhood, you're, like, yeah, this feels like my childhood. Or whatever it's about, you're, like, it just connects you to the movie in a way that I don't think Disney movies do. And, like, most animated movies. And so so there's that. And then also I would take into consideration... Their animation is different. They mm-hmm. go about it differently. They were in this game long before Disney. Yeah. Well, like in the in the 3D. And Disney was crushing the 2D. But Pixar yeah. came in and said, motherfuckers, I'm better. And, yeah, and then Disney, then Disney bought like, them because they that. were a competition. <laughs> and so animation is different. I've, I 
I'm willing to bet they go about their creative processes different. Yeah, I and- watched the there's like that little I think it's like a mini series like documentary about Pixar on Disney Plus, and it looks like one of those corporate pl- like offices that like try to foster creativity and have like creative environments, and they have like weirdly shaped chairs. That's what the podcast is going to (laughs) get. Yeah. Like, have you seen those pictures of Google headquarters? Yeah. That, like, look all weird? Mm -hmm. I feel like it's one of those kinds of places where working there is, like, fun because there's pictures of Pixar characters everywhere, you know? Mm -hmm. I also will say, for those of you who still are, like, which ones are Pixar and which ones are Disney, obviously that's going to get answered for you when we step into the ranking. But, um... Pixar are the ones where the Pixar logo plays before it. Yes. Yeah, the little <laughs> the lamp lamp that hops, hops on the eye. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was also just going to say Pixar is like Inside Out, Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, all the cars, uh, Monsters the Incredibles, Inc. Monsters, Inc. Inc. And then Disney. Disney's typically just kind of the, the princesses. princesses yeah. yeah, so there's that. And before we get into the ranking, though, I have – my own movie ideas that I want to pitch to Hallie. Hallie and I, Hallie, I like to consider as one of my creative partners in life and in happiness. That. <laughs> and so this is a real life little session we're going to have here. Live. Live. Sure. <laughs> live in quotations. It's live for me because I've never true heard, okay. heard it before. We're going to start with the loser of the bunch that I think could maybe be a television show. Okay. The other day, you may recall, I texted you asking if an orphan becomes an orphan. So, like, her parents die, but her parents or his parents used sperm donation mm-hmm. to get pregnant. And she had no other family, no godparents, no nothing. Would they get in contact with the sperm donor and be like, this kid, I know you didn't want to have a this kid because you donated the sperm, but mm-hmm. um, they have no one. Will you take them in? I don't know if this is an actual scenario that could happen, but I think it'd be a fucking hilarious sitcom. It would be funny. Yes. If you the daughter like, didn't tell me why you texted me that. Like the idea you... came to me in the shower. <laughs> Where all the good ideas come from. Yes. The magic is made. Mm-hmm. And I if it wasn't initially my like oh you know it'd be a good tv show i was just thinking about it and i was like that could be funny because in theory how is it even that different from full house yeah i do think the like someone who's not supposed to be a parent suddenly becoming a parent is like a classic situation to put like a character exactly you know exactly and obviously we don't i don't know i haven't thought through the tone of this show or if it's like even a single camera comedy or shit like that. Uh-huh. But uh, I just thought it'd be funny. And traditionally, I think you'd throw in like a bachelor as the sperm donor. I don't think I'd go that route. I think I'd make it a gay man. Oh. Who all of a sudden has a teenage daughter. She's a teenager when her whole family dies? Yes. <laughs> Tragic accident. Tragic accident. We'll it would be a funny sitcom. Burning building. Gotcha. She watched them perish. Wow. From outside in the firefighter's arms. <laughs> There's the you first episode. No, I just came up with all of that. But gay man. 
doesn't want kids. He's all like, yeah, I'm living that gay man life. Mm-hmm. And then a teenage girl is Stereotypical like- gay man life. A gay man can live the life of any life he wants. <laughs> but he's a stereotypical gay man? Yes. Is she a stereotypical teenage girl? Uh, perhaps. 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 Yeah, so that's that one. <laughs> Not as flushed out. Would you invest in it? Um, I think so. I think maybe you would have to convince me of why it's a comedy because you were like burning building her whole family dies she watches from the firefighters arms and then it's like seinfeld music <laughs> yes that's the tone that's i the know tone. we said i didn't have the tone figured out but that's it you just found it you have the seinfeld music actually while the fire the building's burning <laughs> so yeah pass hmm Pass as in, like, I don't like it. Pass as in, get the like, fuck out of my office smash if you pass were the TV show edition. Yeah, would you fuck this TV show? Yes. Okay, would you invest in it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I would. I think that the tone of Seinfeld music playing over tragic, um, tragic events is great for a TV show. Great, especially okay. in these times. <laughs> Honestly, it's, these days we know you want to escape from your household life and uh, the trauma of living during a pandemic. So we're going to introduce to you a new one. And that's watching <laughs> this teenage girl watch her family die and hear their screams. <laughs> that's going <laughs> to my voice there. That was the commercial. <laughs> that was my impression of Seinfeld. music. It was pretty good. Thanks. Because it was right. <laughs> It was one step before the do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. All right. Now we're going to hop into the movie. I had two movie ideas I wanted to pitch, but okay. I had one at like 3 a.m. and I didn't write it down. Do you remember it? No. Oh, that's, that's what I was going to say. But I do have this one movie really thought through. I've told multiple people about it now. I'm nervous to hear it because when you were pitching movies to Megan, you kept mentioning people that I like didn't, didn't know. know. And I was uh, i'm afraid that that's what you're gonna do here you'd be like oh wouldn't this actor be perfect for this role and i'd be like i don't know who that is well you know like holly hunter i talked about holly hunter a lot yeah she's mrs incredible yeah i know her her. everyone else i was like i don't know oh okay you didn't know who tom hanks was did you talk about tom hanks i literally talked about tom hanks the most i I don't know. Maybe I. Maybe it's just my my anxiety. No, it's totally fine. Memories. I actually could have pitched this to Megan, and I, but I don't think I did. I just. I wouldn't. I wouldn't remember. I, I was, Megan was your second episode. I right? know. That's why I don't remember. Is I only. I think I only pitched to her the, um, the Swiss Family Robinson movie. Yeah. That's the only one I think I did oh. on air. Okay. My next movie idea. Yes. I affectionately call it the Bill Murray movie. Okay. You know who Bill Murray is? Look him up. Okay. That's so sad. It's okay. You know what? Don't. He was in Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. I've seen him. Exactly. Okay. So the Bill Murray movie. It's loosely inspired off of John Mulaney's stint in rehab. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. You told me about this. I, I, oh, do you not want me to? Do you want me to act like No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Just keep going with it. Bill Murray, or I would also accept Eddie Murphy. Okay. One of the two. Okay. Do you know who Eddie Murphy is? Yeah, I do. I just 
Okay. I don't really associate them. I know, but, but once I describe this, you're going to get why they're associated. Okay. So, Bill Murray plays, or Eddie Murphy, they play together at the same time. <laughs> they play the same character, yeah, no. and no one acknowledges it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the devil and the angel thing. I just picture Eddie Murphy doing his fucking Gumby voice, Gumby voice that yeah. he does on SNL. He's like, I'm Gumby, bitch! <laughs> He's like... I'm so and so. Anyway, um, Bill Murray, Sasha Eddie Murphy, one of the two, are a character who is a comedy legend. Okay. That's why Bill Murray plays him. Everyone loves Bill Murray. He's yeah. the best. But Same. on the scale of like also Robin Williams, I would have accepted, but unfortunately he's passed. <laughs> I met a guy that didn't know who Robin Williams was the other day. Fucking turd. He's probably going to listen to this. Is it your boyfriend? No. Oh. <laughs> I didn't just meet him. I didn't know if you were going to say that if you didn't want to admit you were dating them. So you were like, I know this guy. I've been dating him for almost two years. No, I didn't know you. I didn't think you'd want to admit you were dating a guy who didn't know who Robin Williams oh. was. <laughs> so you just you covered it's it like, up as like. No, it's just I, this random I just guy. Met this random guy. <laughs> no, it wasn't my Brian Williams. <laughs> it wasn't my boyfriend. Okay. Um. Well, welcome to the pod. Figure your shit out. Yeah. To that guy who probably will listen to this. Usually. He also didn't know who Jim Carrey was. That's okay. I hate Jim Carrey. Why? I just don't find him funny. I respect oh, yeah. him as an artist. His comedy, I feel like, is very like a specific style. Most yeah, of the and time. I don't find it funny at all. Yeah, that's okay. That's that's respectable. Thank you. Okay. Um, <laughs> Bill you Murray. My validation. <laughs> Bill Murray plays this guy, comedy legend at the end of his career, but people are still adoring him. He's still selling out crowds, doing his thing. Unfortunately, he has a pervasive cocaine addiction or heroin. You know, we can do drug of choice. I'm um, flexible with the drugs. Yeah. In my show. Just not marijuana, obviously. Yeah, but any of the other ones. <laughs> and he we open on a scene of him just doing some stand-up, making a crowd piss themselves. He's so funny. <laughs> like he people are physically rolling on the floor. You know, you get the feeling that this guy knows how to make people laugh. Can I just say if you're writing this show, aren't you kind of just being like Look at me. I'm a comedy legend. I'm making all of these people laugh. This is a movie, first of all. Oh. Second of all, what? Like, you're writing his jokes that are making him so much money and, like, making him famous. (laughs) (laughs) No, this wouldn't just be me. I'm saving this one for when I'm rich and famous so then I can hire the staff that can properly write this movie. Oh, you're just going to, like, be I'll just produce it. You'll just be the, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he's this comedy legend. He's making people piss themselves. He's at fucking, I don't know, Madison Square Garden doing this. I don't know <laughs> if people sell out. I don't think people do comedy at MSG, but this guy is. That's how big he is. And he finishes the show. People are like, encore, encore, have sex with me, have my kids. And he's all <laughs> like, no, no, I can't. Humble. Yeah. Famous man. Yes, humble famous man. He's like, I'll see you next time. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> he goes backstage and he immediately does a massive line of coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
or any type of drug. Again, he could shoot up on heroin. It does not matter. And he has like all these people surrounding him. They're like, ah, you're so amazing. Snort, snort. You know, (laughs) they're just having a good time. All right. We don't, we see like a quick montage of his night after that. You know, he's at bars, he's at clubs, having the time of his life. This man is the age Bill Murray is now. So, you know, he's old to be doing this. (laughs) But that does not stop him, okay? He's flattering the pants off people. He's uh, laughing, you know, like the Adam Sandler laugh where it's like, (laughs) that's not my impression of him because his is more like gravelly, but like where his whole body is into it. Yeah. And his mouth isn't it? Because you know when Adam Sandler goes like, Shut up! <laughs> his voice is like Yeah, he's um his mouth, the entire mouth isn't do it. That's how he's laughing with these people. Yeah, it's a full it's... body laugh and they're having a great time. And he just keeps doing so much coke. So much coke where you're like, Is he okay? He's not he's okay like... mentally, but he's doing fine physically for the purpose of this movie. And anyway. everyone's just like <sighs> And he's like bleeding. Yeah, his nose. His nose is just. <laughs> and people are like, "Yeah, I keep doing it." <laughs> anyway, we see the intro of that. Okay, and that's like a quick montage, right? And then we hit a black screen title sequence. I don't know what the fuck this is movie. This movie is called Seinfeld music. <laughs> um, no, it's a show. This one is not a comedic movie. It's a dramedy. I guess that implies there's some comedy in it. But this isn't a comedy. It's, it's a, a drama dramedy. comedy. <laughs> um, and so then he wakes the after the black title sequence, we see him wake up groggy. No, we don't. I'm sorry. I got it wrong. We see him exit a police station. He clearly spent the night there. Okay. He clearly. He could be groggy then, right? Is groggy. Yes. <laughs> And his manager, played by anyone in the world, I honestly don't give a fuck, is... His manager, Donna? I'm going to play his manager. I'm going to be... Donna's going to be his manager. I was going to say earlier, I think Donna... I don't know how you picture Donna, but to me, she's a little bit Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph could play Donna. Me or Maya Rudolph. We're on the same scale, really. (laughs) Okay, so in this movie... Donna has his manager, Maya Rudolph plays him, and she's like, Bill, <laughs> you need to get your shit together. Okay? Is that is that like not what she sounds like sometimes? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. I changed my mind. Donna can't be his manager. Oh. I picture like someone who like a fast talking male. Oh, he's like always on his flip phone. Yeah. And it's like, why do you have a flip phone? Yeah, but and he so actually he can, like, yes. Uh huh. You know, we've seen him before in other movies. Yeah. Yeah. And, but he actually does like Bill's character. And so he goes, Bill, listen, bud. All right. I love you. But here's the deal. We've done this way too many times. I can't keep bailing you out. And he's like, That's like so accurate. Thank you. Listen, chop. All right. Here's (laughs) the deal. All right. I bailed you out. Can't keep doing this. Okay. This is. This addiction, mm-mm, it's not helping. I love you, but we got to be honest. This addiction is bad for business. Yeah. You know what? You're at the height. Of, you, you know what? We can go higher than this, bud. All right. And you're just not, you're not doing it. All right. This cocaine, this cocaine, get it. I love the booger sugar too, but here's the deal. It's getting in the way. It's getting in the way. That's how he talks. Yes. That's very, that's a very good imagery for that. Thank you. And he um, basically tells him that he was only let out on bail for the day or whatever but he's gonna have to go to a court hearing Mm -hmm. and at the court hearing they have 
they're going to decide shit, right? I don't really know the X's and O's of what happens between that and then the court hearing. Well, I was going to say, why is he in jail? We don't know. Ooh. We don't know why he's in jail. X's and O's, stuff happens. We probably would get a better look at his life. Like after this conversation, he'd go home. We see how miserable he is. There's no one in his life but him, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then we get to the court hearing. And they're like, listen, this is the judge. He's like, you have two options. Either spend time in jail. Or go to Camp Green Lake. What's Camp Green Lake? (laughs) Holes. Oh, sure. No. I thought that that was going to land. No. That's what happens in Holes. (laughs) He's like, you can either go to Juvie or you can go to Camp Green Lake. He's like, oh, I've never been to camp before. I remember that. Yeah. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. He is like, you can go to jail and spend time in jail for the massive amount of cocaine we found, not only in your system, but in your entire body, like on your person, in your car, the whole shebang. Or He's just like dripping cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> can you drip something that's a powder? Well, you know, I just meant like it's... Oh, it's, he's, he's covered in, he's in cocaine. In, he's into the cocaine that is um, a powder. Yeah, but okay. He's dusting cocaine. He, he shakes his head and it comes <laughs> out like dandruff. Um, and they're like, so you can either go to jail or you can go to rehab. We'll send you to rehab. Mm-hmm. You go there. You pay for it. You do your time. And when they give you a, a clear bill of you can leave, you'll, you'll, be, you'll just have to do community service. And then you're set. And he's like fine and then the I, i'll take jail and his manager's like no no <laughs> no i'll take jail <laughs> he's like no you're going but i love you but you're you're going to rehab all right i mean i can't we can't afford to have you in jail <laughs> for the next 10 to 15 years all right you're going to you're going to rehab all right but all right that's basically what happens he goes to jail this is what going way longer than i expected he goes to rehab he fucking hates it there He's like, let me do my drugs in peace. I can't. What the hell? I don't have any drugs here. This is a problem. And I'm saying this all as a joke, but this movie really is going to be a testament to drug addiction, first and foremost. It's going to be dark. Yeah. So we see the darkness. We see the whatever. I got to hire people to write this part. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) he um, is there and he hates it. But he starts to kind of fall in a rhythm. He still is like, He sees himself as above all these people that he's doing group with, that he's doing all this stuff with. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm a comedy legend. I'm going to win the Mark Twain Prize for American humor one day. (laughs) And I'm stuck in this room. Actually, you know what? He's already won the the I was going to say, isn't he? He's old, so he's already won the Mark Twain Prize for American humor. He's like, I'm stuck in this fucking room with all these boring ass people. With all these boring ass people. They don't understand how great I am. We're not on the same scale. And it's like, a, you get to see these people in a group session and they're sharing their stories and they're all similar to an extent but they're all uniquely different and they're all characters you know like they're all funny people around him that are funny not because they're funny like he is mm-hmm. but like because they're just so weird yeah they're like funny characters yeah and so he hates it there he's dreading it every day of his life waking up and having to do it every again and then Eventually, someone ODs and had been brought out. He hadn't been there for their OD. And they come back in this whole time while he was there. They were in the hospital because they had OD'd before he had arrived. I introduced this so horribly. And <laughs> All they of come a sudden, back. someone ODs before he got there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they come back and 
it's a girl, boy, younger than him, mid-20s, does not matter, girl or boy. I see it as a girl, it does not matter. And if this was Aubrey Plaza, though, it'd be amazing. Yeah, probably. And, you, haven't, you haven't introduced the character yeah. yet, so I <laughs> guess I don't know. She had been sent away because she had OD'd again while well, in rehab. Somehow she had gotten her drug of choice and whatever. And her and Bill immediately are, like, wary of each other. They don't like each other. They're like, oh. Uh, they just like don't see they they fight a lot in group and whatever but slowly as the film goes on um they come to appreciate one another because they have like the same like not the same level of comedy because this guy obviously is insane but the same type of humor and they keep they all she also sees herself above all the other people so they bond over that yeah and like this whole shebang and stuff happens i literally don't know okay that's the okay. middle part of this movie anymore but it's always that's always how it goes you know the beginning and the end yeah and you just have to figure out exactly the and then he eventually is like starting to like this person and they it's not a romantic relationship nor is it sexual it's more like companionship yeah and he starts to realize how similar he was at her at that same age they to like that person. see themselves in the other yeah person. he sees himself in her and even though they keep bickering and whatever, he's like, damn, I need to intervene with this person before they end up like me. And that's when he truly realizes he wants more for this person. And that's how he realizes his life is shit and he needs to get clean and he needs to whatever mm -hmm. because he can't remember half of his career. Well, he can, but he can't remember the specifics because, you know, cocaine. That makes me think of Matthew Perry. Do you have to bring friends up? <laughs> I'm sorry. There's like... Have you seen how yes. many, like, friends uh -huh. fan accounts there are? And they're always like, fun fact, Matthew Perry doesn't remember most of his time on Friends. And yeah. I'm like, shit. Because there's that photo where they reunite and they're all doing coke. Yeah. Oh, my God. We debated about that, too. That was coke. <laughs> you can't tell me that wasn't coke on that phone in that picture. Like, why does it matter, though? Because it's just funny that they posted that. And yeah. it was just like, here we are. Yeah. I'm not, this like, I'm not talks like about a, coke a lot. I'm not, like, a, fr <laughs> a friend's cast stan i'm just saying that's what that makes me think of because there's like 12 year olds on instagram that are like oh that's so sad he doesn't even remember being on friends this is oddly specific okay just cut this part out <laughs> no i won't it's just funny but um yeah so he sees that he gets better blah, blah 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 i don't know if i want anyone to die yet i'm debating whether or not to have the girl die or whoever the young character is. I want you to know that when you say the young character or the girl, I'm just picturing Aub Aubrey Plaza. Good. I, I would accept her, um, even though she's a little older than the time frame. that I, And by the time this movie would be made, I think Bill would be dead and she would be his age. <laughs> <laughs> um, we always have Eddie Murphy. He was, would be in the same scenario. Oh, yeah, that's true. He's pretty <laughs> old, too. <laughs> um so yeah, that's how that movie goes. I don't know how it ends either. That's just what I have going. I like it. Would you invest in it? Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's good for a dramedy. It makes more sense than the other one, the TV yeah, show. The TV show, yeah. <laughs> I hadn't put as much thought into the TV show. No, I think yeah, I think it's good. I think that I think the latter, the movie, could win an Oscar if done correctly. Yeah, you have that, like, image in your head of, like, this is going to be an Oscar-worthy movie. I sure do. With, like... And if I die having not produced this movie, I will have died is, a failure. This is your dream movie? This is my dream movie. Well, I, I, we've talked about how Swiss Family Robinson is yeah. on the list of movies. If I had 
billions of dollars I would make Swiss Family Robinson. But and this, this is one. also on the list. And Legend movie Yeah, adaptation. Legend by Marie Lu. I would make that movie adaptation. Because that would be a sexy-ass movie. It would be. Okay. Now that we know that you'd invest in all my ideas. <laughs> because I'm a great creative partner. Yes. That's what creative partners do. They don't say that they shit. They just give you the money <laughs> to, to make the movies that you want. Let's get into the Pixar part of this. Oh, man. We're going to do the top five and the bottom three. Okay. And we we're going to start with the bottom. Okay. And I will share my uh, my takes on the bottom three as well. I haven't seen all of them. I haven't seen Toy Story 4, Coco, or... Did you include those in your ranking? No, I did not. Okay, that's good. Or... um, What's the one with Tom Pratt? Tom Pratt. Tom Onward? Holland and Chris Pratt, yeah. Onward. Onward. I haven't seen Onward either. I did include that one in my rankings because I just could tell I was not going to like it as much. But I'll take it out. Fuck you. Because it's not and I can tell you it's not in the top five or the bottom three, so we're fine. Yeah, it's not in, it's not in either of those for me. Yeah, and then, so I haven't seen Toy Story 4, Coco, Onward, or The Good Dinosaur. But I've, I saw like half The Good Dinosaur, so I could tell it was bad. Yeah, it's not, it's not worth seeing the rest of it. Yeah. So go with your your the least favorite, the worst of the very bunch. bottom. The I very think bottom. I think for every person on earth it's the same. Cars too. Cars too. Yeah. Yeah. Cars too sucks ass. Yeah, it's I If you like Cars too, we're not friends. The thing is, I don't even know like I don't even think I need to explain why I would put it at the bottom. If you've seen it, like you'd be like, "Oh yeah, that goes at the bottom for sure." And I was talking to this girl and I was saying Cars 2 is really bad. And she's like, no, it's not that bad. And I was like, the thing about Pixar movies is that like the worst of a Pixar movie is still better in a lot of ways than like some most Illumination movies. You know what Very I mean? True. So like, because yeah. it's Pixar. Cars 2 is just and if horrible cars 2 compared to the rest was of was not about cars. So like, because it's not about cars in this anymore. So well, if you don't... literally took these cars and you made them people, it probably wouldn't be a horrible movie. It would. Yeah, I think it would still be like bad. But yeah, I was, it would be bad. I was but... thinking about earlier, like the fact that their cars obviously a bad move. If Pixar wanted to make a spy movie, they shouldn't have like tried to derive it from any of their franchises that they already had. Mm -hmm. I think they should just made they would have should have just made like new characters that were human and um but i still think even then like if pixar was making just their own spy movie mm -hmm. it would still be better than cars 2 i agree cars 2 sucks ass yeah the only person that i like in it is flynn mcmissile yeah he's pretty but, cool because that's how he says his name yeah instead of just missile he says missile yeah <laughs> flynn mcmissile okay and then holly treadwell Those are the is she people. the other is she the lady spy she's the lady spy yeah, I have her in car form. Okay, so we're in agreeance. <laughs> yes, cars do socks. That sounds yes. so cool in my headset. Socks. All right, <laughs> the next bottom three, the, the the bottom two of the bottom three. Number twenty, number twenty-two for me because I have all of them. Yes. Um, this one is one I know we disagree on. Do you want me to say mine first? Is it Finding Dory? What is it Finding Dory? Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> What don't you like about Finding Dory? There's a lot that I could say about Finding Dory. We've gotten um, into this argument. Mm -hmm. 
but now it's for everyone that's listening. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it was necessary. And I think if they wanted to make a follow-up to Finding Nemo, they it shouldn't have it shouldn't have been like this for a lot of reasons. <laughs> what? Nothing continued. It was funny the way you said that. <laughs> um for a lot of reasons, a lot of things that happened in Finding Dory were just kind of like they went back on things that happened in Finding Nemo, like character development that was like the center plot of Finding Nemo. Yeah, just, like Marlin. Yeah, yeah. I think not I talked being about rude this. to Dory. Yeah, yeah. Marlin learned in Finding Nemo to like believe in people and let them do things on their own. And both Nemo and Dory went wrong. And he just what didn't do that in Finding yeah. Dory. And that's like... I agree. That's a flaw. Mm-hmm. And I also think at the end of Finding Nemo, I just watched Finding Nemo last night. Um, so I remember Dory saying at the end to Marlin, something like, I look at you and I'm home. And then in Finding Dory, she's like, oh, I need to find my home. And it like she like, I don't know, finding her family was never really something that I don't know, was brought up in Finding Nemo. Can you answer a question for me? What? Do people change? Do people's aspirations, dreams, (laughs) do those change over time? Yes, they do. But can I, can I, flawed. Can I say something? You're flawed in that one. Not the movie. Can I say something though? Yeah. You, I feel like we've all seen a movie where someone like doesn't have a family and then they Mm -hmm. find a person or people Mm -hmm. that aren't their family, but they're like, you guys are my family. You guys Mm -hmm. are my home, whatever. Harry Potter comes to mind. Yeah. The (laughs) lesson of that is kind of like your family doesn't need to be your like actual family. family, Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what I kind of get from Finding Nemo is that like Marlon and Nemo are Dory's like chosen family. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's just weird to put in a whole movie where she's finding her real family I disagree when, with the sentiment. When like adopted people <laughs> love their family they were given. Yeah. But they still have intrigue about she just doesn't fucking remember her parents. So like to be there and to be with a family that you do love, but to still have that question like who are my parents? I get that Dory would want to know who her parents were and want to find them, but I don't think that that's a good plot for a follow-up movie to Finding Nemo. Okay. Agree to disagree. <laughs> okay what's your what's your bottom second from bottom i just want to state why i defend finding dory real quick i okay. defend it because it did to it did what cars 2 wanted to do cars 2 was centered more on on mater than it was on lightning okay that's true as a reverse from the first movie and it flopped because they took the they tried to elevate the side character to a main character and one not enough people actually love him and find him not annoying to mm-hmm. do that and then two mater was kind of like built to be a side character exactly he is a, he that's his his core he's only ever going to be a side character <laughs> that's yeah whereas in this movie they are able to do what they couldn't do with that they're able to give dory her whole movie and not once am i pissed at them for doing that i actually enjoy the movie i actually think it was a good part for her development as mm-hmm. a character maybe not the others i agree with you on that but like she was able to carry a movie on her own that i think is a pretty decent follow-up to finding nemo and finding nemo is my favorite pixar movie i'm going to tell mm-hmm. you that right now it is my favorite it's my favorite and too but it's not my number one <laughs> so it's hard to follow it up and i think they did it pretty all right my only issue with it is the ending is so unrealistic 
fish mm-hmm. cannot fucking drive cars i don't care if it's a fucking octopus. yeah i think that's the only flaw i actually have with yeah it. i think everyone looked at that and was like why would you make that exactly decision? like i agree with what you said i just don't see that as an issue that i would deduct points from yeah. but the ending i would i do agree with that i think the other thing i was gonna say about finding dory is that i kind of disagree with you i think I don't I don't like what they did with Dory's character for most of the movie. Mm. There were parts that I know I didn't oh. write, <laughs> I, I didn't write them down, but there were parts that I noticed that they just kind of like dumbed her down yeah. from the first one. Like she's obviously not the brightest fish mm-hmm. in the sea, but her like thing is that she has short-term memory loss. She's bad at remembering things, but that doesn't mean she's stupid. And there's a lot of moments in the movie where I was like, are they trying to make Dory like an idiot? It does kind of read like on on dora where they're like <laughs> can you help me yeah find it does kind of read mountain? like that yeah yeah there it's a little bit like that mm-hmm. and i also i will I tell you i just looked at my list i only have 20 because i didn't include some of the ones that i haven't seen but um it's number nine it's in my top 10 yeah and that i don't think is <laughs> <laughs> i do i do get like what you were saying my second to last one what is the good dinosaur oh yeah I didn't like it at all. I couldn't get through it. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it's just like a, it's just like a normal movie to me. It doesn't have any Pixar that Pixar charm it doesn't that you have were talking the about. Pixar charm. Yeah, and I I I'm sure there are kids who are like will have that nostalgia about a Pixar movie about this movie, and that makes me sad because it's not nearly as good as any of the other Pixar films. Yeah, um, that's only was... better than Cars two in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, I think the reason my, that was my third to last, so it's right above Finding Dory. Yeah. And the only reason I'm pretty sure the only reason I put Finding Dory below it was because I because Finding Dory was a sequel, so it like um, yeah, depending on like how old you were when it came out, it kind of like I don't know how to word it like stepped on Finding Nemo a little bit, whereas The Good Dinosaur was just bad on its own. I get what you're saying. Okay, for our, our third to last one, I'm I have to go first because you're gonna have some beef with me okay. over this. I just I just told you what mine is. Yeah, so mine is a Wally. Fuck you. And, <laughs> and from a filmmaking standpoint, it's a great movie. I will admit that. What do you mean filmmaking standpoint? From like, so Everything about the movie is filmmaking. Hold on. I'm getting <laughs> to it. Great movie. But I was unfortunately forced to watch it after a bomb threat <laughs> threatened my school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of emotional trauma going on that day, yeah. and I just could not enjoy it. And I have not watched it since. Yeah, we've talked about this. Yes. A lot. So my ranking isn't an analytical standpoint. Mine and it's just my personal favorites, and this one is not near a personal favorite at all. I don't like that there's hardly like I just can't relate to a character who barely talks, and. You absolutely can relate to a character that barely talks, and that's the beauty of Wally. First of all, I said I can't. <laughs> Not everyone. I personally can't. And also the trauma of watching this. You don't have to defend it. I know you love this movie. Yeah. But and I will admit, if I hadn't been on the verge of death. <laughs> Wasn't it a fake bomb threat? <laughs> I was just sitting in a gym. But we didn't know that at the time, okay? You weren't a part of it, Hallie. You don't know the trauma. My friends were crying. Anyway, uh, (laughs) uh, 
if I didn't have that experience, it probably would be a lot higher on my list. Yeah. I and think- I also – I do think that the CGI and the animation in this is truly amazing mm-hmm. regardless of my experience with it. But it's just not enough for me to get it above my bottom three. Yeah. I do want to say my ranking would be very different if I was doing, like, personal favorites, personal preferences. Mine is more analytical, but I was also including, like, a little bit of personal preference in it. Okay. Okay. Top five? Top five. What's your five? My number five is The Incredibles. No fucking way. Wait, is yours too? So is mine. Oh, my God. That's so (laughs) funny because my list only has 20. Mine has 23. Yeah, because there's three movies I didn't include. The three that I haven't seen, Toy Story 4, Onward. No, I included Onward. Yeah, which honestly, fuck you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Toy Story 4, uh, Coco, and... Oh, Soul. I haven't seen Soul yet. Oh, yeah. Um, So The Incredibles. I love it. I don't know how to explain why it's not higher on my list other than like I just I, I just remember it being on TV a lot. So I watched it a lot mm-hmm. and that kind of took a bit of the magic away from me. Yeah. But, um, it's still such a good movie. The thing about the top five is that they're all so good. It's so hard to put like People would say, like, even for, like, top 10 or, like, the top half, they'd be like, I can't believe it's so low. It's in the bottom half. And I was like, I feel like my bottom, like, three are the ones that I think are bad and all the rest of the Pixar movies are good. Yeah. Yeah. So people, like, I don't know. I think number five is very high. I um, have some notes here. I said, I think Syndrome is a really good villain. Yes, I think I, agree. I think the name even is a really good yeah. villain name, and I like obviously Edna is great, and I I just think characterization. I quote is... this one a lot more, like the "We're dead, we're dead, we're alive, but, but we're, we're dead,", dead. <laughs> and the, the like, "Honey, where is my super suit?" <laughs> yeah, like that's just so cool. My main flaw, oh again, shout out. I mean, obviously there there's this whole thing about um, voice. These movies having a lot of really good voice casting that was something that i like all a few of them movies do. into my into my like watching i added to my yeah yeah and there's actually a really i think sideways no not sideways uh there's one movie channel on youtube that talks about what started this trend of animated movies having really talented regular actors play and it's basically started with robin williams as the genie and it kind of spiraled from there and it's a really good movie if you're a really good thing to watch if you're interested in that but again i just really like holly hunter and craig t nelson i don't know if we have anyone who watched parenthood out there craig t nelson but he is very good as mr incredible yeah so good as mr incredible so good as zeke braverman (laughs) amazing um and then i also the one flaw i did have is that violet is clearly a lesbian and to have her seeking a male love interest it's a good part of the movie. I just think it ruins it a little bit. Why she's clearly is she clearly a lesbian because she's emo? No, she's clearly a lesbian because of everything about her. Hallie, you're not in the gay community. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to hear your stance on this one. Okay. Um. Yeah. Anything think, else you'd like to add? Well, I want to say I feel like the voice acting for every character, like obviously Holly Hunter, is like very iconic performance as Helen. <laughs> The um, things I could say about Elastigirl. And I don't remember the name. The definition of thick Pixar mom. Yes. Truly. She got that cake. 
<laughs> the um I don't remember the name of the Do girl. Do you think who... hold up? Sorry, question. Do you think because she's elastic girl, she can make her cake as thick as she wants and she chooses to have it at that level at all times when she's not? I don't know because it kind of looks like visually like when she is stretching that it's like straining for her, you know? Mm -hmm. Like she's always like okay. I don't know. Okay, that's um, fair. Continue. Yeah, I don't saying. I don't remember the name of whoever plays Violet. But I think she does a really good job as Violet because obviously Violet's kind of your stereotypical, like, shy, awkward teenager. Um, so I think her voice kind of, like, accentuates that. Yeah, I agree. And The Incredibles is just all around such a fun movie. Like, I'm not a superhero movie person. I don't really consider The Incredibles to be a superhero movie. Um, oh, this was one of... One of my favorite things about The Incredibles is that it's about like a family and the fact that they're superheroes is kind of just like a second. Yeah. Like the way that a they're. Plot B. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just really fun watching them still be a family when they're literally like saving the world or like saving the mm -hmm. city. Like they're like, oh, who's watching Jack Jack? Like we, we need to get a babysitter. And like um, they're. Oh, actually, I think the moment I was going to bring up is actually in The Incredibles, too. But, like... Damn it. Can't bring it up then. <laughs> um, yeah, they just include the, like, fam family dynamics of, like, having a teenage daughter and a young son, like, mom and dad, all that stuff, while they're, like, being superheroes. And that's really fun to watch. I agree. Okay, number four, I'm going to go... I want to preface mine by saying, again, my list is my personal favorite. Mm -hmm. Not the the best yeah i need to preface mine but with that too number four is cars for me if you know me <laughs> my cars is number all. 16 <laughs> <laughs> if you know me at all you know something about cars just hits that spot for me and yeah <laughs> i love it i have a collection of cars cars like the cars mm -hmm. from cars like little hot wheels but <laughs> cars, a, cars. a little more a little more well made than hot wheels and i don't know i don't know if it's the nostalgia i was never into like disney princesses i was not that kid i was into like my brother's old hot wheels that and like stuff very like that stereotypical like i was gay as a child and i didn't know i never liked the disney princesses <laughs> i liked cars <laughs> thank you <laughs> and um I have favorite cars and the movie cars. I have like, I literally wrote, I was never a princess's kid and this movie hit right where the princesses didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I think the racing scenes are so cool and there's so much behind the scenes that are just a testament to racing. And I don't even like NASCAR, <laughs> <laughs> but like my favorite character, um, fuck i can't think of his name he's called the king he has a real name it's like strip weathers or something oh like that. yeah i only know but, him as the king yeah he's called the king he's your favorite and character. he's my favorite character he's, he's barely not, in the he's movie. barely in the movie but he's my favorite he's played and designed after an actual race car driver named rich richard petty and like his it's the same make model design and everything and then they got him to voice him like i just think that's so cool and then a bunch of the side characters are voiced by real characters later on in like Cars 2 and Cars 3, when we see Hamilton come in as, like, their Siri that's played by Formula 1 iconic racer, uh, Lewis Hamilton, I think, is his name. And, like, I just think it's little things like that that I yeah. think contribute to the Pixar charm where they have, like, this yeah. behind the scenes. And the announcers in this movie that announce the races 
are the real announcers that announce that real NASCAR cool. races. And they just did a lot, I think, to contribute to that. And also, Chick Hicks, baby, is one of the best Disney villains. <laughs> Chick Hicks? Chick Hicks. <laughs> He's played by, oh, what's his butt? Just um, called him a Disney Michael villain. Keaton. Sorry. He is? Yeah, he's played by Michael Keaton. I don't think And he's such that. a side character to get such a big legend of cinema to play. Yeah. Kachiga, also, he's clearly racist. And um, <laughs> yeah. Doc Hudson, I also really like. Mm-hmm. I think he's a really cool character. And I don't know. I just love it all. And Radiator Springs, aesthetically, is so cool. I love Radiator Springs. Like, visually or just, like, aesthetically as a whole? All of it. That scene where um, it does make you want to go there and just yes. like, forget about your that problems. scene where Sally Carrera <laughs> takes lightning to go drive like in Radiator Springs, but like beyond more, like mm-hmm. in the outskirts of it. Fucking fantastic! <laughs> it's so pretty to look at. Yeah, it is. It is pretty to look. And at. I think finally, Cars was one of the first Pixar movies that they really were like, look at we can what we can yeah. do animation wise. Like when they're going behind that waterfall. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then. Finally, last I'll say about it, when he goes back to help the king actually finish the race, I just think is so beautiful. And a really, a moment that in all that Pixar has to offer in all their movies, like, I forgot that one happened. And then I watched it and I was like, damn. Like, it's it's just so emotional and I really like it. And it's why you act, that's like the first time I'm actually like, yeah, I get why everyone loves Lightning now. That's what I mean by Pixar charm, too. Yeah. Like, if it was just another animation studio, I don't think that moment would have even happened. I agree. Um, All right. So that's my number four. Um, yeah. Can I just say, um, we talked about how, like, obviously yours is, like, personal preference. And I think maybe part of the reason that Cars is so low for me for both, like, personally and just, like, well, mostly personally is because I just, like, don't have the connection to it that you do. I don't even know exactly why I have the connection. Yeah, it's, like, it's just one of those. I feel like that's a thing about Pixar movies. Yeah, Maybe you just Disney connect. Movies We've too. talked about this where you just connect to certain ones more than others. Yeah, like, with Brave is one of my personal favorites. But I, like, I have to concede, is that yeah. the right word? That it's not one of the best mm-hmm. um and you were just like why do you like it so much and i was like i don't know it's just one of the ones yeah, that i don't know I why do you it, like cars <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um, um so my number four is monsters inc okay okay i will admit that is my number three it was my number three and then i bumped it down okay i switched it with my number four kind of last minute like on the way here i was like i feel like maybe i should move that one interesting (laughs) what Um, why is it number four well i don't know it was number three because i just had to be like it was tied with the incredibles for a while Mm -hmm. i monsters inc is another one of the pixar movies that i have a really strong connection to um but i also think obviously like it's one of the ones that shows it's it's kind of an early pixar movie so it's one of the more emotional ones definitely more emotional than the incredibles i would say yeah um i just i don't know personally i just like it more than the incredibles i think the characterization for this one is like off the charts they do a really good job of establishing like a strong relationship between boo and sully and then it makes like the audience have a relationship with them and it's really clever like the idea of the movie like just the premise itself is i think just so awesome like how do you even come up with that 
yeah it's one of the pixar movies that you're like how do you come up with that because like incredible is you can get you take a superhero movie and you're like what if they're a family yeah Yeah. that's easy to get to yeah the incredibles i will say have making like i don't know if this is a thing other superhero movies have done but like making them illegal and have to like operate undercover that is creative but i think monsters inc is more creative one of the most creative right down to like the door system and like running off of their screams and like yeah they really thought it through it like it's just a cute way of explaining the like monster in your closet Mm -hmm. thing and like why the monsters would do that like you see all the monsters like being normal they're just like hey bill you know like nice day today and then they're going in and being monsters and like terrifying children yeah but then in their own world they're just like normal people just like going to work doing their job and that's like creative in its own Mm -hmm. and then you see at the end that scene where sully does that scare demonstration and boo sees him and is like afraid of him he's realizing like scaring kids isn't what he wants to be doing with his life like there's other ways Mm -hmm. you know and i uh i wrote because it is my number three and i agree with all that you just said i also said that boo coming in and disturbing their everyday routine is just so entertaining to watch because you you see from the get-go they have this routine they stick to it and then Mm -hmm. like the montage at the beginning of like sully working out yeah and then to see boo just come in and throw a kink in it and it just flips around the already determined dynamic of like Mm -hmm how they scare the kids but now kid they're scared of the kid like it, it's just like yeah an that's, interesting way to that's another one of those things that's really fun to see like they're more scared of you than you are of them yeah. type of thing um it's just really good like all all of the characters the little characters like Roz, um like celia Mike was out. <laughs> <laughs> um Roz, celia yeah. even randall like they're all just like i so... will say that as a kid the the scene where randall's kind of like torturing mike terrifying as a child scared me so much yeah and now looking back i'm like what would even have happened like if that thing touched his face probably not a whole lot yeah they're just like it's the scream extractor yeah and honestly that's another thing is like it's kind of I don't know if they did this on purpose, but it's kind of a nod to like the development of technology like being used to like hurt people that are that are seen oh. as you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause they're like, oh, instead of instead of using our employees to just like go into their rooms and like we'll just scare take them, it from them. We'll take the children and use this big machine and then they're like and the um, I don't know if he's the like CEO of Monsters Inc. or whatever, Mr. Waternoose, I think. He like he's like, oh yeah, that's like a good like idea because he, you know, it would make him more money because it would be so much more efficient. And that's mm-hmm. like really like wow Creepy. capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number two, I have Toy Story Three. Wow. For number two? For number two. My num wait. What? You I didn't tell you my number three. I thought you did. No. My number four was Monsters, Inc. Oh, okay. What's your number three? My number three is Finding Nemo. At number three? I told you. Okay. This is... Shut up. This is everyone's reaction to a lot of the movies on my list. They're like, how is that so low? That's a disgrace. And I told you, I said earlier on this very podcast, Your Honor, that Finding Nemo is my favorite Pixar movie. So 
we all like I can establish that if it was just personal preference, it would be number one. And also number three is very high because like I said, all the Pixar movies are so good. Some of them just have to be below others for the sake of ranking them. One of another one of my favorite things about Pixar is just their like strong characterization. Obviously, that's present in Finding Nemo as well. Um, obviously, Finding Nemo is a really like put together, well rounded story. There's a lot of attention to detail, like a lot of Pixar charm in Finding Nemo. Yeah, just like the little I think things. The definition of Pixar charm in my mind. Finding Nemo. Yeah, yeah. They're one of my favorite. Like I watched it with Scott, my boyfriend. Shout out Scott last night (laughs) um and we're just like giggling it's just like little like Mm -hmm. little things that they would throw in it's like not like a comedy really but like pixar just adds in that charm Mm -hmm. and you're like oh that's nice i agree i agree wouldn't have put it at number three but i okay you can't say that because i told you (laughs) why it's not number one okay yeah so I accidentally skipped to number two before. So you know it's Toy Story 3. But my number two is Toy Story 3. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my, obviously, if it's this high, it's my favorite Toy Story movie. And I think it's the best one. It I, is my favorite Toy Story movie as well. But I don't think it's the best. I can't watch this frequently because I, I do cry. But oh, I it's one of the Pixar movies that makes me cry the most. Yeah. Um, like a baby every time. The incinerator scene was a little freaky and morbid, so that part I didn't really like. But I cried at that part. Everything that yeah, I cried, but it's still creepy. Um, I think Lotso Hug and Bear is one of the best villains Pixar has created. I like that he has like this mob boss persona and like yeah, but still is like this cuddly bear that just wants to literally have someone to love him again and mm-hmm. like is scarred from being forgotten. And yeah, that's a good it's a good solid backstory because we've already established what that can do to a toy so it's like a perfect reason for a toy to be like evil yeah and i also like that um it 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 just it shows a new side of being a toy so like we see them being owned by a good owner like andy we Mm -hmm. see them being owned by a bad owner like sid Mm -hmm. we see them being owned like some toys are by collectors and how they're taken care of or whatever but we haven't seen them in like the daycare with like yeah. young kids and so i think that's such a cool idea to bring them transition them there into there and you would think like oh it's a toy they love being played with they'll love the daycare but to see them actually like freak the fuck out yeah because because it's so funny because there's the kids that like in the butterfly room yeah. that are like playing with them nicely yeah. and then the very younger kids yeah um are like destroying them yeah and it's it's super funny and a, a natural progression it seems to me from the other ones and then I just – I really like it. And it's just really sad but, like, in a good way. And I I, I just think it's super cool. And uh, they – I wrote um, – it takes all that we learned about Andy's toys in the first two movies, and the empathy and attachment you have for the characters, and uses them to pick your heartstrings like a fucking fiddle. Yeah. And that's the, all I can say. The closing line of Toy Story 3 is probably my favorite – one of my favorite lines, definitely my favorite closing line of all the Pixar movies – I don't remember it. Um, as like, like Andy leaves all his toys on Bonnie's doorstep, mm-hmm. and he's like driving away, and Woody says, "So long, partner." Oh yeah, and it's just like such a nice, such a nice ending. Mm-hmm. 
And it also makes you want to be like, oh, I don't have to be attached to all of my childhood things anymore. Like, because like it, you can, you know, your toys, because part of you wants to be like how Woody is. And he's like, no, we need to stay with Andy forever. Yeah. And then they realize that they can go be enjoyed by another kid. Mm-hmm. And again, voice casting again, I am not normally a Tim Allen gal. Really? Except for uh, the Santa Claus. I don't <laughs> like any of his other works. <laughs> but I do I, I he's just so good in this movie and is a good casting for Buzz and his dynamic with with Tom Hanks is mm-hmm. incredibly Tom Hanks is present. one of the most genius casting decisions in Pixar mm-hmm. just character Toy Story I feel like the whole franchise probably Pixar's most like genius movies characterization voice yeah. acting just like everything they're amazing I agree what's your number one I haven't told you my number two. Fuck. Okay, what's your number two? You just really don't care about my ranking. No, I at do. All, I do. do. I'm sorry. I asked what's your number one. I didn't skip right to my number <laughs> one. Okay, what's your number two? My number two is Coco. Okay, that makes sense. I'll concede that because I have not seen it. So I'll. Yes. Um, and I do think it will be very high up there once I do see it. I didn't really want to put it at number two. It's not one of my. I really, really like it. It's not one of my personal favorites. All of the like old-timey ones like well not old-timey but like <laughs> toy way story. back in the 1990s <laughs> toy story the incredibles monsters inc finding nemo wally like all of the classic pixar movies you know what i mean mm-hmm. those ones are all my favorites okay so it's hard to put a movie from 2017 that i don't yeah, have you're child- just not a kid anymore so it's hard yeah, to, yeah i don't have childhood nostalgia for coco but i watch it and i'm like it's just so good it's so well made like everything about it is just amazing and i've i'm sure you've heard about the like kind of ending scene i have not um how it's like really emotional i've avoided all spoilers really for the event when i do watch it. well have have you not heard people say that it's like really emotional i heard it's emotional at, at just all around so you don't want me to spoil it no well that scene if the people listening know what i'm talking about the emotional part of the movie the (laughs) one that makes you cry that's one of my favorite scenes in all of pixar it's amazing very it's just so it's just such a well-made movie it's so hard to put it so low because i like and there's very little to complain as someone who hasn't seen it it just looks it just even uh, just comes off as just so well made from Mm -hmm. the uh animation and the in the city or whatever i don't know the name of the city when they walk through and you you see all the people playing music i don't and, like, remember the, i just know it's in mexico um yeah and um i noticed while i was watching it that coco came after cars 3 finding dory and the good dinosaur which were all pretty like i mean finding dory was like oops sorry finding dory was finding dory was like a smash but mainly it was because everyone was excited for the sequel yeah. of finding nemo you know the good dinosaur obviously very disappointing cars 3 not super exciting yeah um so coco came after all those movies and it was just kind of like oh pixar is still really really good at making is my number 10 i want to make that clear like it just (laughs) makes it um okay yeah um it's just like Pixar saying, look, we're still really good at making movies. We know we just made you it watch makes you feel like The Good Dinosaur and Finding Dory, but we also have this It makes you feel like they had those on like the back burner just going and we're like, oh, they're done. Let's release them. But like the 
one they were really putting most of their effort into was Coco. Like it gives off that vibe. Yes, Coco just got so much. It, you can tell there's just so much care and effort put into it. Mm-hmm. Visually, it's amazing. Obviously, it's one of the most beautiful Pixar movies. Yeah. So anyway, what's your number one? You don't want to say yours first? Well, I think I expressed enough emotion about this movie that it's pretty obvious it's Finding Nemo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like, like you said, it's Finding Nemo. Everyone loves it. Like, such it's, a good movie. Yeah. I love it so much. I, it, it's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. And same. it's just such I the parts the the opening scene with the barracuda mm-hmm. and then with Bruce chasing them those two scared me as a child but it was still a movie that I wanted to watch regardless and I think it says a lot that if you're scared of it but as a kid when you're like the most scared of everything mm-hmm. and you still want to sit through the movie despite those parts like yeah. I think it's just a testament to how good it is because and- there's so much inclusion of like yeah. like it makes you scared it makes you sad mm-hmm. it makes you happy like there's so much and I was like I loved my like marine life as a kid and <laughs> you were a fish girl I was a, I was a fish girl <laughs> like at scholastic book fairs like I would always get like the National Geographic books about <laughs> animals in general but especially like whales and, and stuff like that and there is not a single oh yeah there not a single moment in this movie where I'm bored yeah, but it's, it's not very... it's not lined up where it's like action, action, action. It doesn't feel like that. But that's how it is. You know, like you're getting a new scene, a new animal, a new whatever that just entertains you. And I think it's funny that all the characters are distinct in personality, but still like the species is differentiated. So like clownfish have this stereotype of being funny, but not. Mm-hmm. And like you see that with Marlin. Yeah. And then like turtles, they're all hippies, but they're still individual, like whatever, when you see them from like mm-hmm. squirt to the big guy. And the seagulls are just Gosh. annoying. Um and the sharks that are in like yeah, AA AA. For sharks. Yeah, that's a genius idea. <laughs> yeah, you're it's yeah, it's just genius. So good. And I was I actually rewatched that recently and I was watching this and I was like, that's a scene you don't appreciate as a kid. You just think it's funny because of the uh-huh. but and as an adult, it, you're, you're like, like Holy that's shit, that's AA. Comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Like one of my another one of my favorite lines is they ask Marlin to go up to the like podium to talk about his problem. Yeah. And he's like, I don't have a problem. And the sharks are like, oh, denial. Literally so good. And also on top of Monsters, um, not Monsters, Inc., uh, The Incredibles, one mm-hmm. I quote daily, like shark yeah. bait. Ooh, ha, ha. Or, <laughs> yeah. No eating here tonight. <laughs> no eating here tonight. You're on a diet. <laughs> and then like mine. I mm-hmm. do that all the time, and oh, there's another one. It's oh, so just keep quotable. swimming. Obviously, like there's just so many good quotes in it. It's so quotable, and it's it, it's just so good. I, I this is like one of the the one Pixar movie I went back and watched when I was on an edible for <laughs> for five hours, <laughs> and it was good. While yeah. I was watching that, I wrote down all my all the quotes I saw that were like, "That's what Pixar charm is." Yeah, like um. The beginning scene when Nemo's all like, first day of school, I'm so excited. And Marlon's like, be careful. Do you want this anemone to sting you? Yes. And Nemo says, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So good. And I um, I also think like the way they animate the ocean. Sorry, I just thought of another one. What? Um, all the kids 
you know the like seahorse and the octopus and the yeah. fish they're, like, you guys made me ink i quote that all the time <laughs> nemo touched the butt sorry <laughs> they're like introducing themselves and the seahorse says i'm h2o intolerant yes. and the fish says i'm obnoxious <laughs> again a joke didn't get as a kid and then you watch and, then and you're, adult, like, you're like that's so funny yeah oh and like the way they animate the ocean to me is so interesting because it's like just their background yeah so like but they include i little details this- yeah, I noticed this when I was watching it. They just include like little specks yes. of light and like little Yes, and you see yeah, the light coming down and then oh. like the little specks. Like it's just so cool. Scott's favorite thing when we were watching it P. was Sherman that... 42 Wallaby Way. Sydney, sorry, I'm just keeping <laughs> That's up the one of those one. things that if you watched it as a kid, that's something that'll be in your head for the rest Literally. of your life. Um one of Scott's favorite things when we were watching it, he just kept saying how awesome it was. Whenever the fish were like out of water, they were like wet. Yeah. And just like and glistening, the way, and yeah. like they, it, you could, they didn't have the scales like animated in, but it had the texture. Does yeah. that make sense? It's like wet. You fish. can't see. Yeah, it just it was so good. It's I, which I was saying, I feel like that's not something that like other animation studios would include a fish out of water like being wet. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not even like they're dripping. They're just wet. They're they just wet. Dri- they're yeah, in, they were in water, so yeah. obviously it's just so much attention to detail. It's just, just yeah amazing it's so cool so so good although i did recently see a theory that said um like barracudas don't eat that stuff like fish eggs and stuff like that mm-hmm. but sometimes clownfish are cannibals and eat their own eggs clownfish are freaky in nature yeah and so i was like <laughs> that changes the way i look at this movie are you but, saying that his fish wife that's what they implied this tweet that i saw that's what they implied except got eaten by a barracuda or what yeah oh okay that's what (laughs) they said um but i don't know just such a good movie one of my favorites we'll continue to love it for the rest it's amazing it's definitely my number one i wrote personally um i wrote nemo was a lovable little boy marlon is a sympathetic lead character as like a single dad Mm mm-hmm and Dory, like, is initially just comedy relief. And then she becomes and such then, an important yeah. part of the mm-hmm. story. That's all I got to say. What's your number one? Um, you, I think you know what my number one is. Don't say it. <laughs> You're not happy about it. Um, my number one is Wally, which I just – the thing is, I think before I rewatched it, I had only seen it, like, once when I was a kid. So I – only remembered it i feel like a lot of people just remember it for being like oh the movie about robots that don't talk you know but then i watch it and i'm just noticing so many little things little details obviously it's like visually beautiful it's just there were just so many things that i was like that's amazing like it's just so well made the way sorry if you can hear people in the background (laughs) um a lot of people don't like it because they say like oh there's not a lot of dialogue Mm -hmm. in it it's just like robots but the beauty like one of my favorite things about it is that you have such a clear idea of what the characters are of -hmm. of who wally and eve are Uh that's how i felt when you were raving about cars okay (laughs) Okay. (laughs) you i could see the passion in your eyes and i was like you have no right to seem so uninterested when i talk about my favorite (laughs) movies because you're doing the same thing it just i don't know sorry i was just watching it and i wasn't expecting it to be so good but i was like this is just it's so good it's like 
likable like you watch it and it's Wally's such a cute like endearing character visually it's amazing oh, mm-hmm. um just also the idea of it like the humans polluted earth so much mm-hmm. that they had to go out great into idea space. Yeah. it's it's just amazing and i um shout out zoe and megan i was facetiming zoe and megan walked in and she said hallie i have some beef with you and I was like, oh no, what? And she's like, Wally is the worst movie ever made. I fucking hate it. And I like, it made me look at Megan in a different way. <laughs> I never, I always thought Wally was one of those movies that just everyone likes. No. It's so, okay. I get that you don't like it because you have like bad mm-hmm. memories with it. But you also said, like, obviously, filmmaking wise, it's a good movie. You know? Yeah. But again, if I have issues connecting with it, almost silent lead so will everyone else or most people i i don't know i always thought that everyone just appreciated it as like oh you can connect with these characters even though they don't talk much and that's like the beauty of it but i guess i'm that's just depends on the person i'd say um but megan hates wally and i was like i always thought people just like looked at it and like even if you don't like it or can't connect with it you can be like objectively it's a well-made movie and she's like that's stupid it's not no. objective <laughs> it's not <laughs> you said it was good what are you i said it was about? good from like the animation and the writing and the whatever but if you're a person yeah. who doesn't look at that stuff and you're not entertained what by do you mean, it look at that stuff animation and writing is just what yeah but if you're a person is. who don't take that into consideration who doesn't take that into consideration and just watch it and go yeah, I don't like this movie, then well, you're yeah. not going to. Megan isn't well, like how, that. That's, but. It's like that. That's how it is with any movie. I know. And that's that. That's why people don't wouldn't like this movie for any reason they wouldn't like any other movie. I, I don't know. That's just like new to me. I thought everyone would like it, even if you're not looking at, at it no. analytically. But I guess I was wrong. You were wrong. So, yeah. But I appreciate that you're so passionate about it. Thank you. Yeah. I um. will, will say... If you want to watch a sign, an almost silent movie where you can sympathize with the lead, it's not almost silent. Shut up. Like half of it has dialogue. Fine. People just forget about Fine. that. Fine. If you want to watch a movie where the lead does not talk much, okay, and you can still sympathize with them, watch the Oscar award-winning movie, The Artist. It's a black and white silent film produced in two thousand. Hello. Fifteen or something like that, and it was really good. And I didn't expect to like it. Mother. I don't crazy. like that you compared Wally to a black and white silent <laughs> film. I that's it's that's more than I just a black and people, white silent film. People like look at Wally as just like a silent movie that's like you just can't like I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Like people are just like there's no talking in it, so I don't like it. And you just have to watch There is it. more to it than that, I admit, but it's hard for me to enjoy it because of those reasons. That's why people see it that way. That's okay. All right. <laughs> Nemo's superior. Yeah, obviously. I, oh, my God. I like Nemo better <laughs> than Wally, okay? Ooh, honorable. I just want to throw this in here because it's controversial. Up was number 14 for me. Is that controversial because it's low? Because it's, like, not high as people would expect. Up was 10 for me. Yeah, I just, I don't know. And then Incredibles 2 was 13 because you had so many fucking years to make a better movie than it I was. think that aside from Toy Story 2, um, The Incredibles no. 2 is the best Pixar sequel. Mm-mm. I disagree. 
what do you think is better than Incredibles Cars 2? two. <laughs> Incredibles 2 is better than Cars 3 it's better than Finding Dory it's better than Monsters I do just want to say I'm sorry I do just want to say I love these movies but my favorite animated movie if you know me will forever and always be How to Train Your Dragon yeah mine will always be Megan Mind <laughs> <laughs> okay so that was that um, one last thing alright what are you cutting from your life I'm cutting stairs. Okay, why? Because, also, I agree. <laughs> because I have to take like a hundred stairs to get to my room at, at school. Like to get to my, just to get to my, I don't know where I was going with that. I have to take a hundred stairs to get to my room, like walking from class. And it just takes so much out of me. I am not in shape. And I just, I'm so tired of so many stairs. Yeah, and escalators exist for a reason. Yeah, there's so there's so many stairs everywhere, and my, the stairs leading up to my res hall literally tilt upwards. Ugh. They have like, in like you're and already going upwards on stairs, and then the stairs have the audacity to be like tilted, mm -hmm. and it just takes so much out of my feet. I'm like heaving by the time I get to my room. I'm so done with it. I have said this before, and I'll say it again. Everyone's scared of super high heights. Yeah. I'm scared of medium heights mm -hmm. where like if you fall, you may not die, but you will have to live with the pain. Yeah. So like step ladders, regular ladders, unless you hit your head, you're probably not going to die, but you might break quite a few things. And That's true. I've never thought I don't want to have to deal with that. Yeah. I've never like, thought At least that. with a high height, even if I do fall, I'm going to die. And that's that. Yeah, I'm. If I fell down the concrete stairs that lead up to my building, yep, stairs fall under that. Uh huh. You're, mm -hmm. you're you're not dead most likely, but broken leg, broken arm, yeah, popped collarbone. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna cut. So I, I in this episode, I already talked about my cars collection of cars, the cars from cars, <laughs> and <laughs> cars, um, cars, cars. I recently went to add to my collection and buy Cruiser Mirrors from Cars Three. And she has multiple different, like, body paints in that movie. And I went out of my way to find one. <laughs> oh, my God. What was that? She just wanted to tip over your can. Sorry, my cat just leaped up like a fucking shark. Like, <laughs> oh, my Lord. She like a shark attacking a surfer. Yeah. <laughs> it was insane. Um, but so I bought this special cruiser mirrors that i was looking for and i found it and i purchased it and when it arrived i got super excited and i opened it and cruiser mirrors was not in the bag okay <laughs> the only thing missing. in the bag was the cardboard back of like the plastic wrapping so not even the plastic part that she'd be contained in just the cardboard advertising part of it so it was just a picture of cruiser mirrors. no here's the twist it wasn't <laughs> even cruiser mirrors on it it was a different car so they Who didn't even it? send me the right i don't know they didn't even send me the right packaging that they only like they didn't send me the car and then they didn't even send me the right packaging that the car was supposed to be in. <laughs> i paid like 10 bucks for that and i went to go return it and it was like did you not get what you wanted or like something like that and it was like no i got a package it just there wasn't, wasn't anything in it yeah <laughs> that's funny so that i, I want to cut the person who did that to me from the world i was gonna say a kid in my spanish class um thought he could order our spanish textbook for eight dollars yeah oh no and he was like what a steal and then when he got it it was just the um shit what's the outside of a book called the cover it was just the cover no. <laughs> it 
for $8? That's a steal for the whole book. That's expensive for just the cover. Well, Hallie. Well, this was a delight. Yes, it was. I don't think Um, it was for you. You didn't seem like... You just didn't seem very interested when I was Fuck talking you. about my movie. So I was like, Wally's I didn't so like good. Wally. And you were like, <sighs> But I respect your opinion and I enjoyed hearing it. That's good. Even if it pained me. That's how, this is how most of our conversations go. Yeah. Very true. Very true. <laughs> but um, I'm sorry. I'm not a better friend. No. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I annoyed you with my friendship. <laughs> I thought you were going to yell. That's a quote, people. I thought you were going to yell at me for quoting The Office. No. Not today. Not today. See. All right. <laughs> Save it. See you guys next time. Bye, Hallie. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>